Welcome back to the Rewind That Day podcast. This is your host, Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And I'm Jay Prubs. And today we're going to be talking about today's storylines, starting off by remembering Kobe for his great legacy that he has left behind. Today is the official one-year anniversary of the great Mamba passing. Mm-hmm. How do you guys think Kobe impacted this generation of athletes? Yeah, I think we see him everywhere. I mean, um, when he did pass that um, fateful day, I think um, he impacted the younger generations. And I think there was also an impact all over the world. I think stars and just regular people um, across yeah. the like country, across the world, really, they were impacted by this. And I think um, we look at Jason Tatum, Kyrie, um, just to name a few, I feel like every, every single player has some kind of connection with Kobe because he was who they grew up with as he was their guy, really. Yeah, I think um, just his impact that he left on the game is, is it's, it's remarkable because mm-hmm. not only did he impact players in his sport, he Im- impacted everyone, kids to just your average adult. I mean... Just the way he lived life um, was just yeah. truly inspire, inspiring. Like um, the way he would grind off the court, the way he mentality. Would, the way he yeah. would, uh, yeah, the, the way he, just the way he would, you know, support his daughter and and uh, her basketball league. Just just the grind he possessed was was one that I've never mm-hmm. seen before. So yeah, um, yeah, it's, it, he impacted everyone from young to old, and that's that's the yeah. great thing about him. Yeah, the work ethic from Kobe is one that we've never seen before and may perhaps never seen see ever again. And mm-hmm. we see athletes all the time trying to follow in Kobe's footsteps. Yep. And it's a sad day, but it is one that will live on in the history of basketball. For now, we're going to take a brief moment of silence. And we are back on air for the RTT podcast, remembering Kobe's legendary day. We are now going to be moving on to the New York Knicks, who have been playing decent basketball down the stretch from what we expected. I mean, New York is is the team that got robbed, in my opinion. Yeah. It will be like that for a while, but... Mm-hmm. Man, they're not even playing that bad this year. I mean, 8-10, and 10, that may seem terrible. But uh, that's Knicks, above, uh, yeah, that's above the standard for the Knicks. So I mean, what what has contributed to their success so far? Yeah, I think they, uh, for one, RJ Barrett. I think he's he's gone he's gone a lot better for sure over the his first rookie season. I think he's really taking that next step. Yeah, and I think um, they're Obi Topin. He's he's playing really well as a rookie, and I think Julius Randle as well. He's averaging 22 points per game and he's he's playing like their number one player number one score and he's he's playing really well um averaging yeah. a double double and i think that's that's what they need from someone like randall and one more statistic for you guys this um five players on the knicks are averaging double digits so and one of those is the rookie emmanuel quickly and the other two are uh, uh two more are rj baird and julius randall so they and two other are um, Alfred Payton and Alec Burke. So they got some under-the-radar guys that are really stepping up and contributing. 
Yeah, four yeah. guards right there that Prebs just talked about. I just want to point that out mm-hmm. before I let Cash give his thoughts on the Knicks' success. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely like, yeah, they're a guard-dominant team, but Mitchell Robinson is definitely a center that people yep. are going to be overlooking. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 8-10, yeah, it, it's pretty good for this team. And, you know, the the Mavs are 8-10. There's other teams that are even below that record that uh, yeah, we sure. that, that have better talent than the Knicks. But, I mean, no, the way Tom Thibodeau has put together this group has been pretty good. R.J. Barrett, you know, everyone, he's a bust, he's a bust. It was a lot of busts yeah. last year for him, but he's definitely yeah. – uh, came to a point where he's gotten consistent shooting and mm-hmm. so has Julius Randle. I mean, you know, that that was that one guy that one summer that uh Knicks were supposed to get Kyrie and Katie, they didn't get him and instead they got Julius Randle on. And obviously he's not on any of those two's level, but he's yeah. definitely proving a lot of people wrong to uh this this season. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this this Knicks team gets a seven or eight seed. I mean, just it, it's great. Like they're they, right now they're playing against the Jazz and you know, this fourth quarter, they're getting outscored by 13 points. But before that, they had a pretty good lead. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you also look at the Knicks, right now they're holding the eighth seed in the East, which certainly makes you think, like, hey, maybe they got a shot. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, you also see the – I just want to point out that these are relatively young players. I mean, we have the older veterans and Dennis Smith Jr. and Nerlens Noel – and Austin Rivers, those guys just aren't getting as much minutes as these guys, and the team is still playing relatively well. So I think yeah. that's important to note as we look at deeper into this Knicks run. And they also had a five-game losing streak this year. So, I mean, you take a one or two wins out of there, and all of a sudden you're sitting at 500, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also um, I, I want to point out one more thing that I think um, Coach Thibodeau has done really well. Um and then he came into New York and focused heavily on the defense because we can see that almost instantly. They have the number one defense. Yeah. They're allowing the least amount of points. And I think that he's really changed a lot of these players' mentalities towards playing defense, playing harder. And I think that's where you can see a lot of this winning and you can credit a lot of the winning towards the defense. Yeah, Coach Coach T actually coached Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. yep. and in Chicago and in Minnesota. And, and I'd like to think that he's a pretty tough player and he plays well on the defensive end. So that just shows you kind of his prior success to add on to that point. I mean, we look at the their division, though, and they have to play mm-hmm. a gauntlet. They have to play a gauntlet. Yeah. They have to play Philly, Boston, Brooklyn, and Toronto. Is it possible that this team even makes the playoffs with the four – playoff teams that are already in their division i mean if you look at it i think i think they can still make it i think they if i think they can squeeze maybe a couple wins out of there i mean toronto isn't playing their best um maybe they find brooklyn on an off night but yeah. um if they can squeeze a couple wins out of there i think sure they might not be the eighth seed but if they can um keep themselves in the play-in tournament then i think that for sure, they have sought. For sure. Yeah, I think um, no, de- it's definitely possible where all five teams in their division make the playoffs. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as we know, the division there really is no factor. No matter. Um, yeah. Other than other than getting that banner up in your arena, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a non-factor. But I definitely think this Knicks team can make the playoffs. Look, they've they've definitely had their off night, but every team has their off night, and um, it's it it really depends 
on if this team can use their defensive energy to fuel the offense. Because yeah. look, we said we see them hold teams like the like the Magic to eighty four points or mm-hmm. the Celtics to seventy five points. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're holding teams relatively around that one hundred point mark, which is which is amazing in the NBA right now. So mm-hmm. they can use their defense to fuel their offense. I think that's that's definitely a playoff team right there. RJ Barrett, huge improvement here. Julius Randle again, we talked about him, just amazing. But yeah, yeah I, I think this this team is a playoff team. But question I got for y'all is, I I was just thinking of this is, are they are they a team that is easily capable of going back on another losing streak and losing all their momentum? Yeah, I think that's a good point because I think that the Knicks are it's a young team. It's a young team. team. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they don't sure. have their veterans are are not getting as many minutes, which. Which doesn't bother me when they're winning, but when they are losing, like right now on a two-game losing streak, probably gonna drop one here to the Jazz. When they are losing, it it does look worse than when they're winning because they are playing teams with young players and they're expecting to go out there and compete. And I know the it's good to play the young players, but I also think that players like Austin Rivers and uh, Dennis Smith and Nerlens Noel, those guys are gonna help in the long run. And I also think it's funny to notice that they beat teams like the bucks mm-hmm. yeah. which is pretty like and the celtics yeah and the celtics and the hawks teams in the east that are gonna make the playoffs whether we like it or not and so from the knicks point of view you have to make sure that you don't get too hot or too cold because right now we're seeing five game losing streak three wins and then two more losses and possibly adding a third one to that resume and I know basketball is literally based off of your record, but you just got to hope that they have another guy that steps up on that team because I think it's definitely very possible they go on another large losing streak because they're playing so young. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and the, the, I like you brought up Dennis Smith in, uh, back, uh, in your point. But, yeah, another question I was just wondering about this is, do you think um, Dennis Smith – should be getting more minutes. Look, I know he had the quad contusion injury, but even after he was involved in the Kristaps Porzingis trade, the Knicks just they weren't giving him min- enough minutes, in my opinion, because I still think he's a solid player. He's super young, and if, if they're not going to use him, you got to trade him because th- yeah. this guy's good. He he's athletic, he's fast, he's lengthy, he's strong. I mean, he's got some pretty yeah. good attributes, and this guy was a first round pick. So I think yeah. that's that's wasted talent right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they, I think they might have lost that trade for Chris Tapps for sure. But um, Dennis Smith, he's he's a solid player. I think in Dallas, he he played really well at the point guard. He, I'm pretty yeah. sure he, yeah, and he he had some crazy dogs. He's super athletic, and I think um, the Knicks though, I think they, I I know they just have too many guards to play i mean they signed austin rivers you have emmanuel quickly he's showing up as a top contributor and you want to keep him because he's young right and then you have rj barrett and so these are all guards that are taking up um dennis smith's minutes and i mean you just have to at some point you have to figure out am i going to keep this guy and if you're not then just trade him and I think that's that's the best course of action for the Knicks right now for Dennis Smith. Yeah, and I think the Knicks are also in that like kind of midpoint where they're like, are our guards good enough to trade this guy? And I think mm-hmm. right now the answer to that question is yes, but 
this is the front of the NBA season where most teams are just going to figure things out. It's going to be on the back half where I think we really see how the Knicks are going to play this out. For now, we're going to go ahead and move on into our next segment, which will be about the Super Bowl 51. Yep. We are bringing the Bucks. The home team are just going to have Finally. to stay still, and then the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to travel two days before the Super Bowl to take on arguably the greatest football player of all time and his sidekicks, which are all crazy good. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a potent offense, and I, I don't think I've seen the Chiefs play one that is quite as powerful as Tom Brady in the playoffs. I mean, I understand the Bills, they just had an off game, and they don't have a, a O-line like the Bucks do, and the Browns had those weapons, but with OBJ out, I don't think it matches up to Tampa Bay's offense. So my question to you guys is, let's start off on the one side of the ball. It Can the Bucks? can the – Excuse me. Can the Kansas City Chiefs defense stop the Bucks offense? And just one more quick side note here before we actually get into all, um, the discussion. This is the first time any team has actually hosted a Super Bowl, and I think that gives them a huge advantage. It's, even if though it's COVID, and this is crazy. Yeah. It blows even my at mind. at twenty five percent. Yeah, it, and also the statistic blows my mind. Like, how has no team ever gone and played a Super Bowl in their home arena? I mean, it's just crazy, but. Yeah. Brady just keeps breaking records. Yeah. So back to the mm-hmm. point I was making earlier is, is can you see the Kansas City defense stopping Brady? We saw the Packers able to get things done, but interceptions, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that just doesn't seem like Kansas City can replicate that performance. Yeah. I think um, they have a ball hawk, I think, Tyron Matthew. He's, he's a yeah. ball hawk. But um, that – secondary it they don't have a bona fide number one um like the packers do i mean jair alexander at two interceptions just blows my mind again and um i think the chiefs defense is weaker um chris jones um frank clark monsters up front but um they're a bit weak um on the supporting cast i feel like um yeah, and I think that's something that Brady is for sure going to take advantage, especially with all his weapons that he has around him. Yeah. Cash, yeah. what do you think about the Bucks offense versus the KC defense? Yeah, I think this this KC defense, there's definitely uh, some weaknesses um, that Brady is going to be able to pick apart because when you have three solid weapons in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin – and Rob Gronkowski, it's it's virtually NAB. impossible. To, and, and Antonio Brown, yeah, it's, I forgot about that. But, like, yeah, he's going to be – he's a probable to play in that game after missing the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game. But, yeah, you're going to have Antonio Brown back too. And I, I, I don't really see the Kansas City Chiefs being able to stop that just because of the – just the amount of things Brady can do with with that amount of talent. So – it's one of those things where you're going to have to uh, – if you're Kansas City, you're, you're going to have to play smart. Like, you can't get yeah. too aggressive. Yeah. You can't try to um, be smart with Brady because he's going to outsmart you. We've seen it For time, sure. Every time, single time. time again. So, yeah. I, I I have the Bucks taking care of business in the suit in the Super Bowl. Wow. But, An but early think, pick here. From yeah, Dr. yeah. No. It's, it's early, but I think it's, it's – um, I, I can't go wrong with Tom Brady. I've bet against him twice, like I've said earlier. But 
yeah, I think just this Chiefs defense isn't going to be able to contain this Bucks offense. And that Bucks defense, I mean, they were they were able to get stops when they needed to against Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Exactly, and that's, what, and that's what won them the game. Yeah, and before we talk about the that matchup, um, just one more thing. I think Leonard Fournette has really come into his own rushing the ball. Yeah, and, I agree. And that um, O line that Tampa has is really solid. And if you have someone like Fournette, who is a first round pick, um, may add really early, and he was he played really solid for Jacksonville in his first couple of years before they released him, and it looks like he's kind of getting that momentum back. And I think um, for the Bucks, that gives them a much more stable attack because if you have Leonard Fournette, right, he's pounding at the ball, and you have Ronald Jones, and then it just opens so much stuff up for the passing game. And I think. Yeah. If if the Bucks get the running game going, that could really flip flip the script on the on Kansas City's defense. Yeah, more balanced approach, I think is yeah. what mm-hmm. the point is. Yeah, and I agree. I think Leonard Fournette has recently we saw him have a little burst in that Packers game and he's been playing well and the the Bucks played their away games. They played away to get home and they did exactly what they had yep. to do. They took care of business. So I, I once again, like Cash said, I find it hard to bet against them. But first, before I even think about making a pick, let's talk about KC a little bit. Their offense mm-hmm. is a little bit banked up with Mahomes playing yeah. in that Bills game. But I don't, in my opinion, he didn't look too like a hundred percent. I think he looked pretty good, but I think there was a lot more conservative play calling. I mean, yeah. th- this is after way after the concussion. Now, if it was a concussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that Browns game and so I think it should be a flying offense in my opinion but it's it's mistakes I think my, my keys to the game is you got to capitalize on the mistakes if you're the Kansas City Chiefs because it's going to be very hard for Tom Brady to make them I mean what do you guys think about this matchup the Bucks defense has played well they played well period yeah for sure I think um and they also got um a star up front in Vita Vea back and that yeah. makes a big difference because he can stop the run he's a run stopper he can get pressure up the middle and I think that's going to affect how the Chiefs play because Ndamukong Sue and Vita Vea up front those two guys and then you have Shaq Barrett and you have JPP on the sides that's that's a monster front and they if they can contain Mahomes, which I think they can, um, rushing from the edge, yeah. making sure he doesn't escape the pocket and create those crazy yeah, plays. Yeah, keeping him contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also stopping the run because that just makes this Chiefs offense one-dimensional because then they can't run the ball. Sure, you got those Tyreek Hill sweeps and stuff, but if you they have linebackers who can cover that. We can talk about that later, but that front, I feel like them getting constant pressure and stopping there, and I think that's going to be one of the biggest factors to stopping KC. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point to bring up that small point of the linebackers taking on those mm-hmm. receivers because the Bucks defense was able to get pressure on whoever they played. They laid the league in sacks this yep. year, and that, I think that's important to Patrick Mahomes because we saw him get flustered in the Browns game and run, get hurt. We saw him get flustered in the Browns game. I mean, I referenced the Browns game because I didn't really see much of anything in that Bills game with Mahomes on the pressured side with yeah. the lead that they had. They were sitting pretty comfortably. In the Browns game, I think they were able to hold him a little bit more in check just by giving him some some pressure. But 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to give it to Cash here. I mean, what do you think about this Bucks defense? If it does pressure really affect Mahomes, and and if it does, how much does it affect the rest of the receivers? He has guys that can go out there and make a play. Will they make a play against this Bucks secondary? Well, the first first point I like to get out here is if if you're gonna have pressure on the edge, and and we know Mahomes isn't is not one hundred percent. I don't care what you say. It's not going to happen for the Chiefs, plain and simple. Just because I get Mahomes, is he's accurate. He can put the ball wherever you need him to. But you you have Jason Pierre-Paul. You got Shaq Barrett coming off the edge. Yep. I mean, I I don't know. It's 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 That's a scary D-line, and that's a scary mm-hmm. linebacker core. And on top of that, you're going to have to throw against Anton Winfield, Sean Murphy, Buntling. I mean, it, there it's there's a lot of secret talent hidden. In this bucket, underrated, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really underrated, and I get they've had um, their their uh, their lows, like you could say that game against the Saints, where on Thursday night they lost by 35, 33. No, thirty five. Yeah. Anyway, that's be- but that's besides the point. If 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 Mahomes has pressure around the edge, I don't think he's going to be able to get the job done. He can escape the pocket, but again, he's not one hundred percent. Yeah, and I think um, one more thing before you go, Mister Strombo. I think. Todd Bowles, he's an excellent deep coordinator, and I think he's because I just want to go one play that yeah. I saw in that Green Bay play, um, where Devontae Adam, it's at the goal line, he runs Rodgers and then runs back, and he got easily got the touchdown, um, against LA. I saw Ramsey was pretty mad, and yeah, against Brady or against the Bucks, I saw them run almost the same play, and they just passed it on past the back, and I think. That's the kind of coaching that we're going to see from the Bucks defense, and it's, it's going to yeah. make a huge difference. Yeah, I agree, and I think it really makes things more interesting with on that side of things because you have to you have to watch for those types of things, mm-hmm. especially when you look at uh, especially when you look at this Bucks defense. And I, I just want to point out that they just they draft well. Yeah, Devin sure, White sure. came to them or. Devin White was a number five overall pick, and even though so good. he got moved to the to Bucks to the Bucks, he, he was still like a solid player. I mean, they 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 made him a player that is good, and I think again that has to do with Todd Boyles, and then you have Bulls, excuse me, and then you have uh, Antoine Winfield who came yeah, out of he, Minnesota. We he, talked about him, rounder, like, yeah, yeah. We came up to uh, talked about him and our about a, maybe a first round pick for him and in our one of our mock drafts on our website and sure enough he comes over here and he's in the rookie of the year on the defensive side and he's he, he's he's in the conversation and i think once again great draft picks that just show up and i think ultimately that's what makes my decision so mm-hmm. easy when you have such a good defense and i'm gonna go with cash here and i think tampa bay wins this game I, and quite honestly i i have them winning by 10 dang 10 so Prub is the only one left that could possibly, possibly yeah, I mean, miss the sweep here. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think you guys are selling Mahomes short. I think Tyreek Hill is a speedster weapon, and Travis Kelsey just creates mismatches. I don't care who you have on the other side of the ball. Travis Kelsey is a mismatch. Tyreek Hill is a mismatch. Um, the whole um, wide receiving core is a mismatch. I mean, it's crazy. You you get Sammy Watkins back, who 
is a is a is a pretty big stud on that side. I mean, sure, he's not Tyreek Hill fast or Michael Hardman fast, but he's pretty solid as a number three receiver. And then you have Clyde Edwards Elaire, who's popped off as a rookie. And this I think this um Casey offense can carry the the team to victory. I mean, we saw them do it last year. We've seen them do it um ever since Patrick Mahomes got there. And um yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with KC. I'm going to go against both of you guys, what you guys said. And um, I think KC wins it. I think um, Patrick Mahomes, the offense is just too good. And sure, the defense the defense is going to make a couple stops. Um, yeah, it's understandable. It's, yeah, I think they're going to make maybe fourth down, or fourth quarter, one fourth quarter stop, one third quarter stop, and really get the Bucks in kind of a deficit because I think the KC is just going to outscore Tom Brady. Um, we saw that Patriots matchup, and it went into overtime, and we saw Brady get the ball back. But this is a much more experienced Patrick Mahomes, much better defense. I I feel like a much better defense. So I think that's going to flip the switch a little bit. Right, but like, wouldn't you say that Brady has more weapons and a better talent offensively than he did in that AFC Championship game? I mean, you could say that, but then you talk about the defense, and that was the number one defense in the league. They had a lockdown corner in Stephon Gilmore, and they had Belichick. I mean, he was the master. Yeah. And I think- yeah, and it, it turns into an interesting conversation overall when you go back and forth, and I, I think it will come down to what Prubs is talking about, or what, what both of you guys have been talking about. It's going to be offense versus offense because both of the defenses are, are good, but mm-hmm. let's be real, we're, we're looking at – two of the best offenses in the NFL right now. And yeah, I think sure. that's what makes things a lot more interesting as we wrap up this segment. We'll be talking about the Super Bowl more throughout the week. But for now, we're going to go ahead and move on. And before we get to the prubs with the dubs, I'd just like to talk about a little L from Julian Edelman, who will be sitting from the sideline while both of his bros <laughs> while both of his bros go to the Super Bowl. He even tweeted saying good luck to them. That really sucks, but now I'm going to give it to probes with for some probes with the dubs. Yeah, and so um, if you guys are a Packers fan or if you've been following any Packers news lately, you've heard um, Aaron Rodgers. He said, uh, my future is undecided, and like many other players. And I think that at, at first glance, it kind of made you think, um, oh, wait, um, do you uh, – What's it called? Is he going to leave? I mean, they drafted a first-round quarterback last year. Um, do you think they could um, draft, or do you think Rodgers could leave? He's angry. And then um, you get the GM going out and saying, we're not stupid, we're going to keep Rodgers. And then you see Rodgers coming out, and he's like, yeah, most likely staying with the Packers. So I think that's the biggest dub for Packers. I think they, for if I was a Packers fan, I would have gone to – Oh, quite a big scare there, but um, having your franchise quarterback stay, I mean, he's shown no no sign of decline at all, and this team, if they if they draft right, they could be Super Bowl contenders next year. I'm just saying, mark my words. Green yeah, Bay Super Packers Bowl 2022. Fans will, Packers fans will certainly enjoy that tidbit, and hopefully, Aaron Rodgers can get past the NFC Championship hump. Yep. Mm -hmm. in the next year for now we're going to wrap up our episode make sure you check out our rewindthattape.com website for articles 
weekly and then make sure to check out us us out on all your social medias where you are everywhere thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you guys on the next one peace